I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, Mr. Spikel Robertson. Spike's here, but also Mr. Eric Robertson. Hey, babe. Good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing great. Welcome home. Thank you. I just got back from a triumphant <laughs> excursion to Palm Springs where I did a keynote. I was the closing keynote at the Alt Summit conference. It used to be called a blogging conference, and it's funny, I still call it that because I've been going to it for so long, but you wouldn't call it a blogging conference. Someone now. asked me where where she is, and I said she's at a blogging conference i didn't know what to say well they say it's a conference it's a community of thousands of women influencers and entrepreneurs in creative fields that's okay. good Great. okay so it's a conference for women entrepreneurs and influencers in creative fields and it, and it really is it's like a, a big beautiful bright bold conference <sighs> Had a great time. Actually, one of the reasons why I had such a great time is because of what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really excited to get into it. This is a special episode, not like special, like go away and don't listen to it. But we are doing a four part series on the book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And this is episode 117. Don't take anything personally. I made it a question. Because Don Miguel Ruiz isn't saying it's a question, but I felt like it needed to be. Don't take anything personally. Four Agreements read along. This is part two. So The Four Agreements is a book that has changed me and Eric's life. We are going through each of The Four Agreements and sharing our personal experience living that agreement. You do not need to even read the book or listen to these consecutively. We do suggest the book. And if you want to join the read along, you can do so at any time. It doesn't need to even be like currently, if you're listening to this later, still join us by going to theallisonshow.com forward slash read along. Read along is all one word and Allison only has one L. And we're going to give you bookmarks and links to the book. And we'll also put a link to that in the show notes. So Eric, how do you feel about this agreement? Let's just get into it. I feel great about it. I don't know how to answer that question. How do I like, feel Like, do you remember? So I read this book probably for the first time four years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is the agreement that like smacked me in the face. Like it pushed me up against the wall, smacked me and just stopped me dead in my tracks. Does that sound violent? That's how it felt. Yeah, it can be a smack against the head for sure. It's very complicated. There's so many aspects to it, but it's such a simple thing. One thing that's interesting about it that, that I never thought about is when you take things personally, you're being super selfish because you're making it all about you. The way that the four agreements work, the first agreement is speak impeccably. And we did an episode on that. All of the next three agreements support that agreement. And the basis of the agreements, just as a refresher and a reminder is throughout our life, Throughout our upbringing, our religion, our parents, our schooling, our culture, we've consciously or unconsciously been making these agreements. And an agreement might be something like, in order to get what I want, I have to work really hard. Or in order to get what I want, I have to let myself be treated unfairly. Or simpler, like, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm smart, I'm great. 
you know, these are all agreements we they're, make. They're all agreements we make. And the idea is that by making and keeping these four agreements, you can help to undo all of these other agreements that aren't serving you. One promise that Don Miguel Ruiz says about this agreement of not taking anything personally is like, if you can do this, your sadness will disappear. I think that's such like a bold promise but like you said when we take things personally we really are truly just focusing on ourselves there's lots of research and science to back that up right like we've talked about this before on the podcast people who get stuck in like me my i statements they make those statements more of the time they have more stress anxiety and depression Mm-hmm. But the reason why this agreement really shook me is because I thought the exact opposite. I thought that when I was taking things personally, it was showing that I care. Now, I want to ask you a question, Eric. This is a conversation that I was having with people at Alt this week with, with Julie and Ashley. I was saying, would you rather get negative feedback or no feedback? Like, would you rather have a neutral reaction to you or no reaction to you. I I think it'd be more interesting to have the negative. So we were talking about this because I was getting kind of anxious for my keynote and I was starting, I was, you know, I do the thing that I do where I start to think that if I can say everything exactly correct, I can help and please and make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. So I start obsessing over every story, every detail, every thought, and it becomes kind of this crazy exercise of control. Mm -hmm. And Ashley brought up, this is Ashley Rose Reeves, brought up the idea, well, Allison, like, what if you just say something and somebody just is neutral to it? She's like, does that ever occur to you? Like, you're always like, it's going to change their life or they're going to like hate you. She's (laughs) like... Oftentimes, I just feel neutral about things that aren't maybe what I care about. I was really thinking about that. And I was like, Julie was like, Julie's on my team. And she's like, the time that Allison gets the most aggravated and frustrated is if I stay neutral or I don't have an opinion fast enough. That's true. You like, you like a quick, you like something. Well, I like a quick response, but she's like, she's like, I can tell you I don't like an idea and I don't think it's a good idea or what you wrote isn't the right thing and you're not upset by it she's like but when i just am neutral she's like you get really aggravated yes this is so true i just realized <laughs> when you come in showing me all your outfits what do you like better i'm like seriously neutral on 90 percent. but if I'm like, you told me something was unflattering and ugly i would be like okay but when you're sometimes neutral, i do but i'm like most I'm of the time I'm like it's cool okay cool yeah and so th- think about it though right if you maybe are more like my tendency this neutrality is like you're neutral to me. Like I take everything, like I take everything in extreme. I tend to take everything in extremes and everything personally, because long ago somewhere I made an agreement that if you care, you react. Mm -hmm. And if you don't care, you don't react. Yeah. And so, well, well, yeah, that's your agreement. That is, I'm not, that's not reality. I'm not not agreeing that that's true reality. I'm saying yes. And I didn't even know that I made this agreement, but as I've, tried to make this new agreement of not taking things personally it's shown me this and that's that's pretty crazy yeah right Mm -hmm. and so i thought the opposite that by taking things personally i was showing that i cared 
So when 900 women would come to my dance party and 895 or 96 of them had a positive experience, but one of them sent me a direct message saying that she was unhappy because she didn't get her popsicle. True story. (laughs) I raked myself over the coals. You did. I remember that. I was like, I was a bad person. I had personally disappointed her. You needed to give her a refund. I did. I refunded her. Oh, yeah. You, you, Totally, the penalty went way too far. She the sauntered way. off with that refund. I, I, I never saw her, but like she was like, okay, thanks. Like, here is the craziest part. When I took everything personally, I attracted more people who treated me that way. Yes, he says that in this chapter. He says he says people are addicted to suffering, and we are addicted to help people suffer and then support them. It's like this cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. That's interesting that you recognize that. As I have learned and tried and experimented with not taking things as personally, my capacity for caring and compassion has exponentially increased because I'm not taking everything personally. I'm not making everything about me. Well, he says at the end, and we'll, we'll, we'll cover more, but he says, you can have your heart completely open and not be hurt. He says, you can follow your heart always and hell will not affect you. And that's what you're experiencing. Yes. I had an awesome experience at my keynote where somebody came up to me. They, they like came at me in a way mm-hmm. and I didn't take it personally And this was before I spoke. I didn't take it personally. And I was able to be like, okay, you might be right. And I was able to have all this like understanding and learn more, which is a way less selfish thing to do. And so he says, Don Miguel Ruiz says, when you take things personally, then you feel offended. And your reaction is to defend your beliefs and create conflicts. You make something big out of something little because you have the need to be right and make everybody else wrong. You also try hard to be right by giving them your own opinions. And so when you take things personally, it then puts you in a position of saying, I am right and this is wrong, which actually makes you less likely to solve a problem, less likely to learn, less likely to have compassion and less likely to have understanding. And I think that we should back up a little bit and talk about how this is possible. Well, for example, when you take something personally, the whole premise of this chapter is it's not about you. If someone says something, it's not about you, okay? It's like you got to completely separate. Everyone has their own bubble. I visualize this. This is how this helps me understand this principle. Everyone lives in their own reality, which is like a bubble. And they, they come from their experiences. They come from their background. They come from their own agreements that they've made. They come from their own trauma. They come from all the, their own place. And so when they throw emotional poison intended or not intended at you, that is about them. It has nothing to do with you. It is all in their reality that they've created and that they've experienced. And then what happens if we agree with that, it's like we're opening that the bubble and we're letting all that poison into our own and then we're suffering. He says in the book, and this really took me a minute to bend my brain around, and I've thought about it for years. If somebody walks up to you and puts a gun to your head, it's not 
even that is not personal. No, and shoots you. And shoots you, right? I think that the thing that I have a hard time with with this is it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about their own reality. Okay, well, if it's not about me, then how do I grow and improve? Like, if I don't think anything is about me, if I don't think any, if I don't take anything personally, how do I become a better person? Because I think we envision the opposite of not taking anything personally is to walk around thinking we're right all the time. But like, right, like, like, I don't need to change. Huh. I don't need to take anything personally because I'm good just the way I am. I think that's what I thought the opposite was. Oh, I've never thought of that like that way. And, well, that's that's why I thought that in order to be a good person, you had to take things personally because it's like I had framed it like that. Oh yeah, I see. That like, if somebody comes up to me and says, "Allison, like, you're really, you know, you said this on your podcast and this on your podcast, and you're wrong about this, this, or and this." And if I didn't take it personally to mean something about me, it meant that I wasn't hearing them or understanding them. But what was actually happening is when I was taking it personally, I then was feeling the need to defend it or judge myself or go into shame and go into doubt. Or put them in a box of like, yeah, yeah, oh, they're oh they don't wrong. get it. They, yeah. And we do this all the time. So I want you to think about like when somebody comes at me online and I talk to my team about it. Most people's first reaction is to say, well, they're unhappy with their life or they're just mad about this or right. Because we're taking it personally, yeah. which means we need to make me or ourselves right. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, that means we need to make somebody else wrong. Right. And that is like Eric said, that is actually a selfish thing to do. That is not where change comes from. That's not where growth comes from. That's where staying in the same place and keeping yourself in the same box. Mm -hmm. That's what the result of that is. I thought that like the way to grow was by listening to everybody's opinion and feedback and then taking it all really personally to, to give them what they wanted because that meant that I was being a good caring person. And this led to um, six months of anxiety attacks, yeah. years of anxiety attacks, um, deep depression, being in such a space where like I was so messed up in my head that I, I couldn't make change or be thoughtful of other people. It's, it's, a, it's a stark contrast from you following your heart and being completely open, you know, like yes, you were completely closed off and defending. Yes. Yeah. So yes. that, that's the, that's the visual. That's, that's my, that's what I hold up high is like, I want to live with my heart completely open and be completely myself. I love, I love that idea so much. So when we don't take things personally, we're actually more open to change. So these are kind of some great ideas for, I'm just, I just want to tell you like how not th taking things personally in my life has been hard for me, but then also how it has really helped me. One thing that not taking things personally has done is it actually has helped me get a lot of clarity, not feel overwhelmed. I want to read this section from this chapter. It says the mind can talk and listen to itself. The mind is as divided as your body is divided. Just as you can say, I have one hand and you can shake my other hand and fill the hand. That's like a good visual. Like you can take your two hands and touch them together, right? He says the mind can talk to itself. Part of the mind is speaking and the other part is listening. It is a big problem when a thousand parts of your mind are all speaking at the same time. This is called the mitote, remember? The mitote can be compared to a huge marketplace where thousands of people are talking and bartering at the same time. Each one has different thoughts and feelings. Time out. This is how it feels in my head at all times. When I audibly will say, everybody calm down. 
It's like there's this crowded marketplace in my mind and everybody's talking to each other. He says, each one has different thoughts and feelings. Each one has a different point of view. The programming in the mind, all of those agreements we have made are not necessarily compatible with each other. Every agreement is like a separate living being and it has its own personality and voice. There are conflicting agreements that go against other agreements and on and on until it becomes a big war in the mind. The metote is the reason humans hardly know what they want, how they want it, or when they want it. They don't agree with themselves because there are parts of the mind that want one thing and other parts that want exactly the opposite. Only by making an inventory of our agreements will we uncover all of the conflicts in our mind and eventually make order out of the chaos. How do you eventually make order out of the chaos? By not taking everything personally, because when we take everything personally, it divides us into all of these little parts and chaos. Yeah. And I love that you said it's from your own mind most of the time. So all of us have this marketplace mind. I have my marketplace mind. And this is what always happens to us, Eric. I have this marketplace in my mind and I walk up to you and I start spouting off things with with no no context. context. And I'm always confused. To To your marketplace mind, which is not probably as insane as my marketplace mind, but that's what's happening all the time when we're trying to have conversations. Then we walk around taking things personally. We don't have context for what anybody is saying. And I love Brene Brown. This is a very concrete way to think about this. Is she said the the number of people who you should like listen to and like take feedback on about yourself from should be able to fit on like a post-it note. Even then, if Eric comes at me and says, hey babe, I really feel like you're doing this a lot. The way that I'm going to be able to truly listen to what he has to say is by not taking it personally. I want to share how I've been implementing this over the last couple years. And then I'm going to give you guys five questions that I've given myself to ask when I start to take things personally that help me from starting to take things really personally. They just are like kind of a buffer and they distance me. And so you guys might know this about me. This might be a surprise. I do a lot of things on the internet. I have I have this podcast, I have my Instagram, I do workshops, I get a lot of feedback, I sell online courses, I do retreats, I do keynotes. Oh my gosh, I just got like really overwhelmed thinking about there are literally thousands of people walking around with thousands of different realities about me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Should we talk about that more? <laughs> How about this? Every single person has their own reality. Every single person, but like I gave a keynote to like, it must have almost been 2,000 people. Maybe it was 1,500. I don't know. Yesterday. And and I'm not saying they're all walking around thinking about me, but like they sat in a room with me for an hour. So like at that moment, they there also, were- They also sat in a room with themselves if you think about it. No, no, but this is what I'm saying. I'm taking it personally right now, oh, right? Yeah. Like they can have 1,500 realities of me and versions of me and ideas of me, okay? Multiply that with Instagram. Multiply that with reviews on the podcast. So I have, over the last six or seven years, had to, no, over the last decade, as a person who has spent her whole life taking things personally because I thought it made me a good person, had to learn how to not take those thousands of opinions personally for good or for bad. At first, all of the positive made me firmed that I was doing a good job. I'm doing a good job because I'm getting positive feedback. Oh, I got some negative feedback. I'm doing a bad job. I should do better now. I'm not getting as much positive feedback as I used to get. I must not be doing as good of a job. 
So basically you were living your life according to the world committee. But I didn't think I was because like I was doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so it was like this dichotomy of like, I do whatever I want to do, but then if it doesn't get as big a reaction or impact as I think, I like show up harder and fiercer and faster. And then if it does get as big of a reaction as I want, I have to top it the next time. I was so tired. I was so tired. That just, it it wrecked me. And so I started to realize little things, like if I go to Target and five people stop me and tell me they're listening to the podcast, that must mean I'm doing a good job. But then I started to realize if I go to Target and nobody stops me and tells me they're listening to the podcast, I was letting it mean I must be doing a bad job. And so I've truly had to try to learn how to get to this place where the positive feedback means the same as the negative feedback. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's all taken personally. Because it's taking it personally. But then I feel like I almost overcorrected where the positive feedback didn't, it's like I went numb. Like I couldn't listen to the positive feedback because I didn't want to like make it mean anything. But then I like was doing all this work and pouring out and like not receiving the energy back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if I have like a big, uh, like here's how I fixed it. It's still something that I'm really... I'm really working on, but I will say this is like yesterday I did this keynote. It was this huge turning point for me because after I was done, I still had my anxiety and my nerves and everything going into it. And I was like, I thought it was going to be better this time. Why am I, you know, I thought this anxiety would be released. Like, why is it not better this time? I've worked so hard. But what happened is I got up there and I started talking and my whole body was so relaxed. It was as relaxed as I am right this minute talking to you. It was as effortless and conversational. And as I was talking, it was like I could feel myself saying like, this is enough. You're enough and this is enough and enough. You showed up, you brought your absolute best and that's enough. And it didn't even matter if the room laughed really hard at a joke or they cried really hard. Like usually I'm like monitoring at all, like, oh, they laughed really hard at that joke. Okay. I'm doing a good job. Keep going. But all of that monitoring like shut down and it was just this like flow of energy where like, I could feel the energy and I put out the energy and yes, there was good energy in the room, but it was almost like it was an internal churn rather than this big external cycle. And so it wasn't depleting me in any way. And it was like, literally as I was, it wasn't when I was done. It wasn't when like hundreds of people came up to me. I have like almost like, I have like all but like a thousand messages right this minute. Like it went well is how what i'm saying like it was a, it was a victory it was awesome but i didn't need any of it to know that it seriously is like such a huge freeing turning point in my life and i'm just so freaking excited about it because i feel like i could do anything right now i feel like i could share anything i feel like i could do any i feel so powerful and i think the shift is i believe that i'm already as awesome as i need to be And it's not the amount of praise and it's not the amount of applause and it's not the people telling me I did a good job. And I feel so free. I just feel so free. And I just want 
this feeling to last forever and I'm sure it won't last for every single minute but like I'm so glad I can document it right now and share it with you guys right now because if you try to implement and live this agreement I think this is the reward this is the reward because by not taking it personally I'm like open to all the love and I'm open to all the goodness and like maybe all that love and goodness is going to come from one person and maybe there's a ton of negativity like harsh like people coming at you telling you what you're saying is wrong but if you're standing up for what you know and what your truth is it's not going to matter like the woman who spoke before me I want to have on the podcast her name is Monique Mo motivates on Instagram and she she's an anti-racism educator and she gets up there and she talks to a room of people who are uncomfortable with the message that she's sharing but that is her work that is her truth and it's like she had to learn how to get to that point because of my privilege I get up and try to make everybody feel good do you see what I'm saying it's been this huge process for me to have to get to that point but like it's so freaking powerful because I feel like I can be bolder in who I support and bolder in what I say. And it's just a really good feeling. So I want that for you guys. So here are my five questions that I ask myself to help me not take things so personally. And the first one is, what am I making it mean if I'm wrong? So if somebody says, hey, Allison, you talked about body image in this way and you did it wrong, which has happened, and I go, no, that's not true. I'm making it mean that I ask myself, oh, okay, what am I making it mean that I'm not perfect, that I, that I failed, that I don't get everything right? Ooh, how does that feel? That doesn't feel good, does it, Allison? That's why you're not open to hearing that. It's not that I even have to accept it or agree with it. It's just that defensive reaction makes me not even open to entertaining the idea that I maybe have something to learn. So ask yourself, what am I making it mean about me if I'm wrong? Because so often you'll, you'll see that it's an agreement that you don't actually want to be agreeing to. The second question is, okay, so what if it's true? So if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you look really bad in those pants. You're like, of course I should take that personally. Okay, so what if that's true? What if I do look bad in these pants? Does that mean I'm a bad person? Does that mean I should hide and sit alone in my bed and cry? Does that mean I shouldn't leave the house? Like if somebody tells me I'm a bad mom online, okay, so what if that's true? What if I am a bad mom? How does me shame spiraling and being unwilling to even entertain the concept lead me to change? So that's a, just a fun exercise I like to play that actually like makes me feel really free and, and keeps me out of my perfectionist brain. The third question I ask myself when I'm trying to not think, take things personally is, what am I not seeing? So when I'm not invited somewhere, so this is something that we take really personally. When I'm not invited somewhere, I start to think, they didn't think of me, I'm a bad friend, everybody thinks I work too much, and that's what I, this actually just recently happened. I didn't get invited to something that really hurt my feelings, and I felt really embarrassed about it. So I called a close friend and I said, hey, I just need a safe space to process what I feel like are some small, small petty emotions, and I'm embarrassed about them, but can I? I process them with you and she was like yes of course and I said you were invited to this thing and I wasn't and I'm making it mean this what am I not seeing and she was like you know what there were actually only five people there and it was this group of people and I was like oh okay do you see what I'm like let's say there were 30 people there 
And then if there had been 30 people there, and then I just would have been like, this group of people isn't thinking about me. I need to not be as invested in them emotionally so that I can free up this burden I'm Mm -hmm. carrying. It helped me process what am I not seeing because I just am not in that perfectly enlightened place where I could just not take it personally. (laughs) And that's what these questions are for. I would love to just be at the space where I take nothing personally, but these questions help me get there. And a really similar question that I ask myself is, How could I understand more? And so I use this a lot with my team members at work where they'll deliver a project to me and I open it up and I'm like, why is it this way? Like I can be kind of dramatic. (laughs) Wait, we had said this and I had said this. Of course, I don't want it this way. And so rather than walking up to Nichelle or walking up to Julie and saying, why is it this way? I say, hey, I see that you made this choice. Can you walk me through how you got there? And 99.9% of the time, when they walk me through their their decision-making process, I end at the exact same decision they made. When initially, I'm like, I can't believe you made that decision. When I ask myself the question, how could I understand this more? And then the fifth question, which is always so helpful for me when I'm trying to not take things personally is to ask what is causing me to judge this. The way that I know that I'm judging something is that if I see myself trying to separate from it, if I see myself going into my critic mode, if I see myself watching someone and thinking like, ooh, I hope I'm not like that when I do that. That is my critic mode. That is me trying to separate myself from them. And I ask myself, what is it about them that I fear is true for myself? Why am I judging this? Why am I trying to separate myself from this? Because that just makes me more aware of why I'm taking something personally, why I'm judging it, why I'm criticizing it. And then I realize I'm taking it really personally because I'm making it mean something about me. And then let's like go through the whole cycle again. Like, what am I making it mean if I'm wrong? What if it's true? What am I not seeing? How can I understand this more? And why am I feeling the need to judge this? So those are those five questions for you that I've been using to help me get to my place of freedom. Freedom! We can't play songs anymore. They keep getting taken down. Mm -hmm. But we hope you guys are enjoying the read-along we can't wait to hear your feedback on this we've been hearing lots of fun things from you guys and we're excited for the third agreement next week and Eric do you have a review for us? Yeah this is from Hello Meg she says every week I look forward to listening to Awesome with Allison and the Business Therapy Podcast because I feel like they provide me with the inspiration and tools I need to take a step forward in my life and business. I don't know how they do it, but week after week, they continue to teach me exactly what I need when I need it. I could not be more grateful to have found Allison's podcast. They are genuine people who are invested in their listeners. Well, thank you so much. Who was that from? That's from Meg. Hey, Meg, that was so awesome. And I love how you brought up business therapy because I forget to tell you guys and remind you guys that I have another podcast (laughs) called Business Therapy. And on that podcast, I coach people in their different businesses. I mean, the reviews on that podcast are how can you afford to give this content away for free? I've seen more growth in my business in the last like six months listening to this podcast than other things I've done. So if you have a project and idea or something that you you want to start or something that you're working on or you're just interested because all of it is related check out business therapy it's on itunes it's on stitcher it's on all the things and it's really good thank you so much for that review we're going to send you some goodies so email us at 
awesome with Allison at theallisonshow.com. And I really, really want to hear what you guys have to think about this, not taking things personally. Like I said, this has been such a huge, difficult thing for me to learn. I would love your input and insight. Shoot us an email, post something on Instagram. I just love to have a conversation about it. I want to hear from you guys because the review said we really are invested in, and we love you guys. So you're doing a really good job. Remember, everybody loves you. They're so glad you're here. You're enough. You've always been enough, okay? And only you can be you, and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, do you have a song for us? I do have a fun one. We just released uh, a new collection called World Guitar, songs from all over the world. And this song is called Brazil, and you can find it at Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Use code AWESOMEWITHERIC for 20% off your subscription and get the best stock music in the world. Here's Brazil. Brazil. 